why have you experienced the end state? And you've experienced it very fast in this incarnation. And yeah. so if that is the end state of humanity, is this something that we could possibly achieve in this lifetime? Or do we need another billion years to achieve it? And no. if so, no, okay. But is, is it something that, that many people could, the shift that's happening now, is it because many people have the potential? Um, yes. Okay, so there's stages. <laughs> um, there's stages of development. Um, let's see, how do I? Um, okay, so down the road, a couple thousand years from now, let's say two, 2000, we are going to experience, um, I think, a, a universal Kundalini experience. Okay, a lot of people going to get that. It's just going to be that it gets triggered because the society, the, the we, the people, and maybe it's only going to be 1500 years, but I've gone ahead like a ways and nothing. And then I went ahead and I thought, okay, let's go another thousand years. And what I could see was that people got it. So somewhere between that, the end of that first thousand and the start of, you know, the end of the second thousand years um, from now, um, people had gotten to this place of, um, I'm not sure I can describe it, immersion in what is a love and a joy and a peace with the reality around them. And, and that, that ability to relax into what is and to enjoy that to the max, to enjoy the sensory input coming in from everywhere, every cell, every cell in your body sees, hears, smells, tastes, touches, experience electromagnetism, it is all kinds of stuff, orientation. Um, so when every cell in you um, relaxes with the moment, with what is, you will have a small trigger, maybe even a major trigger of, of further awakening. In that moment of relaxation, you relax the, I have to be this configuration attitude. And when you relax completely, completely, then it reconfigures itself because it's going to use the energy available to it to grow you, to reorganize you. I've used the example of a seed. You put a seed in the ground. It breaks open. It starts going, you know, doing all kinds of stuff. Um, each one of those phases or stages of germination and cotyledon and um, true leaves and, and, you know, building out the self uh, each one of those stages is an energetic, self-generated reconfiguration of the consciousness that was embedded in the seed until finally you get to the fruit. And so the human has that same capacity for self-generated reorganization. But when you're, you know, like this, and your teeth are clamped and your eyes are focused on something that you think you need to be seeing and you have to be seeing it that way in order to conform, you're not going to reconfigure. 
you're going to end up using a ton of energy that will take you down. So it's this moment of total immersion in what is, and you're okay with that. It's a moment of unconditional love for yourself and everything around you. And in that moment, that's, that's the moment. It's the, it's the submarine example. You know, the submarine is under pressure, it's under pressure, it's under pressure. And then all of a sudden you relax and boom, you are like a submarine with a huge boundary around you. And when you relax that boundary and the configuration that you're already in, energies come in. And that is the essence of a kundalini awakening. It's a massive inrush of the energies of the cosmos. And your body uses that energy to reconfigure. So is, is that fitting together so far? Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, okay. So uh, let's see. So let, what was the question again? <laughs> so the question was, why is it that you were able to experience the Kundalini in such a short lifetime? Is it, you know, is it because you were uh, they kind of triggered to, so that you would help us trigger it forward. And are we able to, to reach, are some oh. people going to be able to reach it in this lifetime? Or is it, as you just said, a thousand, two, three thousand years down the road? Um, no, a lot of people are experiencing Kundalini. Uh, you know, 20, 40 years ago, 30, 40 years ago, um, there, it was almost unheard of. Now it's happening more and more. And it's not um, population wide. What I saw when I got 2000 years ahead and then had to back up was that, oh, something happened. We have had a mass Kundalini experience and I don't know what triggered that, etc. Um, so I know that that's coming and, and that is very, very encouraging. Okay, why I had it early, I don't know. I think it was just a moment of, of relaxing into what I was experiencing and kaboom. Um, and then, you know, the first three, four times was a very structured um, setting. And then it, it started to happen every time I relaxed. And that still is the case today. So when I get into a period in my life in which I am just totally at one with everything that starts up again. And, and so you become a channel. Why? Because energy is always seeking to balance itself. So the energy outside you is a pressure seeking to get in, you know, like the water trying to get in the submarine. And, um, and you allow a little bit in at a time. You had a, a, a plan. You had a purpose to come here. So somewhere I, did, I wasn't you, aware of that, but you were kind of probably assisted to have this Kundalini experience too. Well, yeah. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. So there, so there's the rub. Um, if, if I had known what I know now, I probably would have been scared to death, but I didn't know anything. I was young and stupid, very, very naive. So um, the thing that I suspect happened was that, first of all, I had enough guts to leave the relationship that I was in. And, um, and then second of all, I had the realization that I, I wanted to be totally responsible for myself. Um, and I, I needed to finish maturing 
or I was going to create for children who would be miserable like the rest of the planet. And I didn't want to do that. It was a totally personal thing, but it was enough that commitment to raise people to be their fullest, whatever they could be, these four that were my responsibility, and I loved them dearly, that, that, that responsibility, I, I think, was part of the trigger. Um, and then as I pursued getting the time and the space that I needed to finish growing up, that's when um, I think some additional, well, there, there were some things that I, I don't remember very well when I was young, running across the fields, you know, <laughs> um, just got to be by myself, got to go outside. I got to, you know, bye, mom. I'll be back for dinner. Um, and, and feeling like I had to run out in the woods and then time going by. And I don't know what I did out there, but, but I think there came a point, um, I was 30, 30 years old, maybe. And, uh, at that point in time, I had an experience in which I, um, I think I wrote about it in one of the books. I'm not sure which one now, volume two, maybe, but that was, um, I was living in over in the Pontiac area of Pontiac, Michigan, and I was actually in um, West Bloomfield Township. And there was uh, somebody that I was dating, and and I thought I was in love, etc. And um, and probably was, but it didn't work out. Um, and he was a lot younger, and he didn't have any kids. Um, and we were going to go out on a Saturday night. And he it was an airplane mechanic and somebody, there was some kind of thing and he had to work. And I thought, ah, we were going to go to this little bar and where they were having live music and they were going to play um, uh, like country and Western and um, John Denver type music, that kind of thing. And I really wanted to hear that. So I thought, well, damn, I'm going without him. And so Saturday night, I, you know, I got uh, done with work and I got cleaned up and I drove to this little bar about nine o'clock and enjoyed the music and then, you know, started to drive home. They did one set and then they did another set. I stayed through the second set, I think. Um, and then I thought, you know, I'm not going to wait till the bar closes. Um, I'm going home now. I'm tired. So I got in my car and I'm driving back home and the road curves between the lakes. Um, there's a lot of lakes in that area. Um, and, and I stopped at a stoplight and, um, and it might've, it, you know, <laughs> I, I stopped at a stoplight and I remember looking in the rear view mirror and seeing this light. Um, and I, my first thought was, oh, there's somebody pulling up behind me. But the, immediately, I'm looking at that light thinking, it looks like they're not pulling up. It looks like they're landing behind me. <laughs> and, and then all I could remember was screaming. Nothing else. And so I woke up what I thought was the next morning. And, um, and I remember the, 
the sky was blood red. And I thought, oh, it's going to rain. You know, red sky in the morning, sailor's warning kind of thing. And um, and the, I had these beautiful lace uh, curtains in in my bedroom over the bedroom window and I got up and I'm thinking it's Sunday I've got to do laundry and this and that and get ready for going back to work on Monday and it turned out to be Monday and I was you know I turned on the radio I'm listening I'm thinking well he sounds like he's like it's Monday morning he's got the wrong day <laughs> and it was me who had the wrong day and it, it took about 20 minutes for me to realize what the heck happened here? Where, what happened? Where did, where did Sunday go? Um, Cause I went to the bar on Saturday night and I woke up on Monday morning. Um, and then I was scrambling. I was like, Oh my God, I haven't done my laundry. I didn't cook for the week. Um, I would cook and put stuff in the freezer or in the fridge. Um, and I was, I had places to be. <laughs> I had a job that I was working on or starting. I don't even remember now. But that, that moment, um, I just kind of put aside. It was like, I, I don't know what to do with that. I, I don't know how to explain that. It scared me at the same time. I was curious at the same time. I didn't want to touch it. Um, but in retrospect, what I think happened now is that something was done that set me up to have kundalini. Um, I don't know exactly what that was. I've often been curious about that, but I've never had time to really go exploring that. And, and so, um, so that point happened. Um, things began to change for me drastically after that experience, the way that I saw things, the way that I felt, um, it was, I'm in the wrong place. I need to go back to Detroit. I had a house in Detroit, beautiful house. Um, and so I called my renters and said, you have to move. I'm coming back. I'm giving you a couple months notice. They moved. I moved back. Um, I thought, okay, I don't know why I did this. What is the deal here? Maybe I need to, you know, go get a job um, in engineering to see if I want to continue with the education um, as an engineer, etc. Um, and so that's how I got the job at Chrysler, and the rest is kind of history. I met somebody at Chrysler that I absolutely fell head over heels in love with. And from that point on, um, Kundalini occurred, and my life was totally, uh, the old life was totally over at that point. Um, and, and so that's kind of what I suspect something happened, and I suspect that the two aspects of that missing piece of time were some sort of physical change that was introduced and some sort of um, teaching, some sort of showing me the future. Um, do this, and then you're going to need to do that, and then this is going to happen, and then that, and then such and such. And, and, and I felt like I was like I already knew, but I didn't know. It was like this feeling of, this feels familiar, that kind of thing. But it also makes sense because with what's going on on the planet that you speak about in other videos, that you had something you needed to do. And it, 
right. for you it needed to happen. A lot, I know a lot of people speak of having either uh, major Kundalini experiences, and although we haven't talked about this, but you said a lot of people have very small ones that they don't even recognize as that. Right. So a lot of people are having them, but I think um, yeah. in your case, it had to, it also had a purpose because of your... Yeah. Right, and after Kundalini... Um, all of the things that you know when your consciousness has no boundaries um, come flooding in. I mean, everything. And um, that, that was when I knew uh, 100%. Um, back, backing up somewhat, I remember it was April of 1975. And I'm sitting on the front porch steps in the evening with my soon-to-be ex-husband, and he said, um, you know, do you want to call this off? He was, <laughs> he was there serving me papers. I had talked him into um, getting the lawyer because I couldn't afford one, and I said, you serve me, um, and that way it'll, it'll cost less, and maybe it'll go a little faster. So he's serving me these divorce papers, and we're chatting and having tea and coffee, um, and he says, um, are you sure you, you need to go through with this? And I just, I said to him, if I don't, I won't do what I came here to do. And he said at that point, what? And, and I was like, where did that come? What did I just say? It, it was something that came out of me just like it, like I wasn't even the one saying it. And, but I heard myself say it and thought, do I have something to do here? Like what? Like the dishes? Yeah, I got to go do the dishes. And so, um, you know, but that was a moment in which um, was the first hint that maybe there was something more. And, and then, of course, with the robes, um, I saw a whole bunch more. Kundalini brought in a whole bunch. Um, Kundalini, you, I became aware of my whole background in other systems, other planetary systems. And then with the robes, the actual work um, that was going to need to be done. And all of those pictures they showed me um, were this is why this work needs to be done. And so uh, here I am. It's like, oh, my gosh. You know, I look at it myself and, and think, wow, how did all this happen? And if you ask me, I know how it happened, but it still surprises me. It's still this kind of a, wow, <laughs> you know, um, and I'm surprised at my own guts in, in saying, well, we need to do this or we have to do that or, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and I've tried to be very careful that I don't get banned from any of these platforms um, and yet still get the message across that it's about what we do with our consciousness. It's about waking up. It's about taking charge of our own life and our life here on this planet and then taking charge of this planet in such a way that we can join those other planets that have committed to um, life and love and beauty and truth, period. Can you tell people a little bit, because I know we talked about it like maybe a year ago. So what right now, if you were to define this is what I'm here to do, how would you describe it? I'm here to teach the world about the mind and consciousness um, so that people can understand um, the, their consciousness 
and how to use it and what it does and how they're built and why it works and the nature of reality and, and, and. So same thing I've been saying all along. Many of us have small mini Kundalini experience and not to see it as something uh, special for somebody else to have it and not oneself. Can you just talk a little bit about that? Yeah, I think it's, um, it's really important to understand that, um, how do I say it? Um, Kundalini is best, it's easiest if there's a little bit of awakening at a time. So every time you make love and have an orgasm, that's a mini Kundalini experience. Um, and, and you renew your energy. Every time you connect with somebody, you have a mini kundalini experience. Every time that you do something that you want to do, that you love to do, follow your heart doing, that's a, a little bit of the action of kundalini. You wake yourself up to the potential you have for joy and for contentment. And so that's a little bit of an awakening. And then there are um, the bigger awakenings when, um, you know, you have a dream of something, you're, you're sound asleep, but you're dreaming something that is phenomenal and you wake up and you feel like you're different. Um, you are different. Um, Kundalini occurs in sleep as well as in wakeful states. Um, it, that I can't emphasize that enough. Um, and, and I think I would even add at this point that um, the waking process could be triggered by something you see, something you read, something you hear, a piece of music, um, a smile from a stranger. Um, it just, it's a moment when the guard is down and energy floods in. That's really what it's about. And when you are armored and insisting that it has to be this way, you prevent the awakening process. You prevent new energies from entering and you prevent that whole um, understanding, the depth and the power that's right there at your fingertips from coming in and being utilized, integrated and learned how to use. So... Um, yeah, kundalini, you, it's not very good if you have the kind that I had. It's very dangerous. Um, but if you, it, it should happen naturally when you're a teen and just coming into um, your own full physical maturity. Um, you, you enter into puberty. Um, your hormones change. And what do we do? We clamp down. It's like, no, no, <laughs> open up. Um, it's, uh, sometimes we'll say your shadow side, um, holds the key to Kundalini. The shadow side is all the stuff that you want to do, but you don't think you can because your mother will be upset. Your spouse will be upset. Your boss will be upset. Somebody will be upset. Um, what will the neighbors think? Never mind. What do you think? That's what's important. So the shadow side, the wild side, walk on the wild side a little bit. Find ways to walk on your own wild side. Um, you know, don't, don't scare yourself, but do it anyway. And do it even if you are a little bit scared. It's okay. 
Okay, so you said something and it triggered this connection between Kundalini and the um, what we experience when we choose a group of people to come in and have an experience with. So if we go to the beginning process of of having this life experience in which we plan, okay, we, we want to learn these things. We want to have this core change. Um, we want to be able to do whatever. And, and so the core change can be created by a whole bunch of little Kundalini experiences, or you can have a massive, you know, big exchange, big change like I had, but when you have a life that you set up, let's say you set up a life, you know, in which you're, you're going to marry somebody who beats you, or you're going to be born into a family that abandons you or doesn't love you or uh, molests you or takes advantage of you in some way. Um, the goal is going to be to have that experience to force yourself to integrate that, develop the strength associated with that. That's, um, you know, and, and when you develop that strength, that's a little bit of the awakening process. And so that awakening should continue on and, and envelop you for your whole life. Dozens of little awakening moments where all of a sudden um, energy comes in because you're not defended, you're not guarded, and, and energy comes in and you have this moment of, you know, let's just say um, your spouse is beating you and you have this moment when you say, I can't do this. He's going to, uh, if I stay he's going to maybe hurt me in such a way that he's going to suffer. I can't, I care enough about him. I can't allow him to do that. And so you leave and you don't want him beating your children. So you take your children and you go. And in that experience, you free up the energy that you were pouring into trying to make this thing work. And that reorganizes you, and that is the essence of a kundalini experience. Same thing if you have um, a mother who abandons you or parents who aren't emotionally available, and you end up taking care of them half the time, you know, trying to make sure you don't do anything that upsets them, that's taking care of them. Um, then what happens is you end up having to mother your own self. You develop the inner mother and the inner father, and that reorganizes you. And, you know, same thing with being molested. Like, I'm not having this. I'm out of here. I'll go find some other parents, um, some other people that I can use as models. Even people who are raised in good families need a lot of mothers, a lot of fathers. They need the models, the variety, the huge variety that those other models will present as to how do I want to be? Do I want to, do I want to incorporate that? And you also need models of people that you keep in your life that you say, I, I keep, I, you know, I'm keeping that person in my life because I want to learn more about how I never want to be. So there's some of that as well. But um, that whole awakening process, kundalini 
um, is something that should happen a little bit at a time. And we as a population, as a civilization, should be nurturing that instead of insisting this is how it has to be. You know, why are we bringing out the best in each individual? Um, the individuals are all here to contribute their creativity, their perception, their uniqueness. Um, you know, that's the magic of a reality system is everybody contributes. If you're contributing um, anger or you're doing things that contribute sorrow or you're trying to get control or you're cheating or you're lying or you're using or you're murdering or you're hurting, um, anybody, that's not the kind of system we want. And if that's what the system comes down to, it will collapse. And those people will no longer, um, they, they won't survive, period. So what I understand from that is that even um, somebody who runs away and decides to make the decision, runs away in the sense that leaves the situation they're in, bad right. marriage, uh, whatever it is, and they make the yeah. decision to say, I'm going to do something different. You can yeah. even qualify that as a Kundalini experience because their whole energy field has been, has been changed. Their whole right. consciousness has been changed and triggered for something different. Yes. So in other words, our understanding of a Kundalini experience at this time is very limited. We it all is. look at the child. We give birth to these infants. They are 18, 19, 20 inches long. They weigh six, seven, eight, nine pounds look at them when they're 20 what the heck happened there <laughs> did the energies get rearranged you better believe they did has the consciousness developed yes extraordinarily so and does it stop at 20 no it should continue for the entire existence. And part of the task is to reorganize in such a way that you keep adjusting to life and bringing in more life, not going downhill. The goal is to move into becoming an eternal being, or at least what you would call a long-term. Um, many of the beings who are on other planets um, or other systems, are very long-lived, two, three, four thousand years. What are we doing? You know, we live from our from the point of view of other races. We're kind of like insects. Insects, you know, what's a fruit fly have a lifespan of 24, 48 hours, something like that. We're not much different. And until we begin to last and to reorganize. Um, ourselves continuously to um, be in alignment with life until we nurture the life within ourselves. There's not much that can be done with us. We will continue to have these little kundalini experiences, but if you don't last long enough to really get to the point you can do something with it, then what's what good is it? There's no wisdom. And, and so you get people like, you know, George Bush Jr., <laughs> um, that get into roles or places of power and people make all kinds of excuses, you know, well, it, and we all see nobody's, you know, oh my, <laughs> anyway, um, that's the goal is uh, for us to evolve and to do so with gusto with a sense of excitement, with a sense of, oh, we know now where we're going and what we're trying to do here. 
We're trying to evolve into something beautiful and something long lasting and something resilient. And we're trying to um, operate, learn to operate in such a way that we do not destroy material things such as planets, um, that we learn to use the energies that are available to us and we just reconfigure those. So uh, that's, that's so important. So could you suggest something as an exercise or just a contemplation of? Um, okay, so something simple that you can do in bed in the morning before you even get out of bed when you're just waking up. Um, don't start thinking about your day right away. Um, instead, focus on your physical body laying there on the bed under the covers um, and, um, and, and just, just say to that physical body, all those millions, billions of little cellular consciousnesses, thank you. Thank you. I love you. You know, that's it. Just do that. That begins to reconfigure you. It reshapes you at the core. Um, just do that every single morning. If you miss a morning, don't panic. You haven't destroyed yourself. Just pick it up and do it the next morning, every single day. That's one exercise. Another, you know, just take time to, um, you know, have a cup of tea or, or have a cup of coffee or beer or whatever um, and sit quietly by yourself. And think back on who you were 10 years ago and assess the kinds of changes that have occurred or five years ago and ask yourself, have they been good? Am I going in the right direction? What do I need to change in order to become eternal? What do I need to do so that I'm not dead at 75 or 85 or even 95? And, and living till you're 115, if you can't walk and can't move and can't talk and can't feed yourself, that doesn't really count. You want to be able to use all of your faculties and all of the body. It's a use it or lose it kind of affair. So um, just reflect. How have I changed in the last 10 or five years? What could I do differently? And that would help also to re rearrange the frequencies, no? To do yes, that? Yes, it does. Yes, it does. Because in that moment when you're asking, um, how have I changed? What could I do differently? You're open. You're open. Just take a moment and be honest with yourself. You know, sit by yourself on the front porch or in the backyard or on your apartment balcony and, and look out at the horizon and, and try to feel some contentment with your life. And if you can't feel that, that's a clear signal that something needs to be different. But that try to merge into, um, this is wonderful. This is great. This moment is great. You know, maybe the whole life isn't fabulous, but you can still have moments and that those moments are the moments that change you when you open and energy floods in. So poke a few holes in your submarine. You're not going to sink. <laughs>